You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg, is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Sped Prep Academy podcast. This is episode 37, and I'm your host, Jennifer, and I've been teaching special education for 26 years. And while teaching children with special needs is my passion, I've also developed a love for teaching teachers. My goal is to provide you with timely and applicable information that you can immediately put into action within your own classroom, department, or program. These weekly mini doses of professional development are perfect for the busy teacher who needs just a little boost of motivation to stay in the trenches week after week. If this is your first time here, welcome. I am so glad you found me. The podcast is released every Wednesday morning, so make sure you hit subscribe so you can get your weekly reminder. Before we get into the show today, I want to remind you that my session on the Intentional IEP Summer PD series, hosted by the one and only Stephanie DeLessie from Mrs. D's Corner, releases June 17th. Stephanie and I talk about all things present levels of performance from what it is to to what to put in them to who should be involved in writing them and so much more. I can't tell you how excited I am and how extremely proud I am to be a part of this Summer PD series because it is so needed for special education teachers. I don't know about you, but I wasn't handed a magic handbook titled How to Be an Effective Special Educator when I was hired for my job. And so I had to learn everything I know through trial and error and from learning from other teachers, which is exactly what this is. There are so many teachers involved in this project, people I've become friends with online and others who I've looked up and watched on social media. The sessions will be dripped out to you all summer long. To get signed up, all you have to do is go to www.spedprepacademy.com SPD and click on the link to enroll. It's only $77, and I will tell you that this is cheap in the world of professional development. You're going to get access to 20 mini professional development trainings, as well as a whole bunch of bonus topics. I would have given anything to have had this series back in the day, and and thanks to Stephanie, you are the lucky winner in all of this. So again, that's www.spedprepacademy.com slash SPD. I want to start today's episode by sharing a quote from Tony Frontier. Tony is an award-winning educator who works with teachers and school leaders nationally and internationally to help them prioritize efforts to improve student learning. Now, I have never met Tony, nor have I read his books, but I do have his quote printed on a little card that stays in my desk drawer so that I can see it every time I go to get a pen. It says, purposeful reflection means not just thinking about our behaviors and the effect on the work we do, but doing something about it. What am I going to do differently in order to better meet student needs? The reason I am a teacher leader within my building and the reason I create courses for special educators and the reason I record this podcast each week isn't solely for the purpose of helping others. Don't get me wrong. I love helping others and I love teaching you how to become a more effective teacher. But in order to do that, I have to remember that I'm still a learner myself. I will always be a learner. I will never claim to be the best teacher or that I never make any mistakes, because I do. But I feel like I have something that a lot of other teachers, both regular education and special education, don't have, and that is the ability to reflect. 
Reflective teaching is a process whereby teachers build self-awareness and continuously evaluate their behavior and methodologies with the aim of continued professional development. Reflective teaching means that you take a look at what you do in your classroom and you think about why you do it. Then you think about whether this works for your students and for yourself. And to be honest with you, being a reflective teacher takes confidence because you're having to examine yourself and come to the conclusion that the things that you're doing within your classroom might just be subpar or that your behaviors are escalating a student's behaviors or that you don't understand a lesson well enough to help a student learn it. Those can be tough pills to swallow. Why is reflection important in teaching? Well, when you're reflecting, you're collecting information about what goes on in your classroom. When analyzing and evaluating this new information, you can identify and explore your own practices and underlying beliefs, which may lead to changes and improvements in your teaching. Reflective teaching is an example of professional development, and it's, it's one that you actually have control over. The process of reflection comes with a cycle to follow. First, you teach. Then you self-assess the effect your teaching has on the learning of the students. And then you consider new ways of teaching that can improve the quality of learning. And then you put these ideas into practice. And then you repeat the process. Self-reflection never stops, even if you're a veteran teacher that has been on the job forever. So now that you understand what it is and the importance of it, you might be asking, how? How do I do this? Well, there are so many ways. You can videotape yourself. You can journal, you can blog, you can ask your admin to observe you and give you feedback. But to me, all of those things take more time than I normally have within a school day. And while they are all great ideas, I found five others that work better for me and my schedule. The first is to use student exit slips. An exit slip or like an exit ticket is a great way to quickly gauge student understanding at the end of a lesson. It gives you a snapshot of how well students understood today's lesson so that you can tell whether you can start building the next layer or whether or not you need to go back and scaffold for one or two students or possibly even the whole class. Ask your students two questions at the end of the lesson that concern your teaching. Did you understand today's lesson? No, maybe, yes. How can your teacher improve his or her teaching? Give three tips. You can also just do this verbally, which is how I do it, and kids are going to be honest with you. They're going to tell you what you did wrong or if they aren't sure what they learned. Now, if your students are not cognitively ready to formulate a sentence, either written or verbally, this probably isn't the best method to use for your reflection. Number two is to include reflection within your lesson plans. So it's a good idea to leave a blank space at the bottom of your lesson plan. This place can be used to evaluate your own teaching and to reflect on it. Type the questions at the bottom of the lesson plan and leave yourself room to go back and fill it in. Ask these questions. Why was this lesson successful or unsuccessful? How did the students behave during the lesson and why do you think this is? And what will I do differently when I teach this lesson again? Do this the very same day since your feelings and memories will be fresh. Be sure to note down the positive experiences along with the more challenging ones. Later on, you can take the time to find ways to improve those problem areas, but it also gives you a little boost of confidence when you're writing down the positives because, you know, not everything goes wrong in a lesson. There are some good things that you've done as well. Number three are peer observations. Besides your students giving you some useful input, you can also use an extra pair of teacher's eyes. Ask a fellow teacher to follow your class for an hour or a day And this teacher is also a professional and therefore knows what aspects of your teaching need some attention. 
They can give you some useful tips regarding your teaching and you can return the favor for them. Of course, some positive feedback is always welcome and the other teacher may learn from you as well by just looking at how you teach your students. I would recommend if you're going to use this method to tell them what you want them to look for. There's no need to open the door for a full-blown critique of your teaching. Let them know that you don't know if you are effectively teaching a certain skill and you would like to have feedback on what you're doing well and what needs improvement. And when you implement this type of reflection, it turns into a collaborative effort where the teachers discuss their strengths and weaknesses with colleagues. Because of that, you're going to want to choose someone you trust to give you honest feedback with the intention of helping you grow. You don't want to open this up for a teacher who already thinks that they know everything and who is in it to make you feel inferior to them. Number four is to observe other teachers. Observing other teachers is a key part of your own professional development. It improves your self-awareness of their skills and also makes you more effective at identifying areas for further growth. In my opinion, I feel like this is a huge missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to helping educators grow. District leaders can schedule all the PD that they want, but if if they want their teachers to internalize what they are seeing and learning, observing other teachers on a consistent basis would be a whole lot more effective. When you observe another teacher, whether that teacher is excellent or really, really crappy, you learn something. There are not two teachers who teach exactly the same. They can teach the same content, but they will have their own unique style of teaching that cannot be replicated. But by observing and watching and processing, you can pick up on the things that you like and the things that you don't like, which makes me think of a story about two times when I observed teachers. You know that there are those events in your life that you can remember so vividly and and they had such a huge impact on you that you will never forget them. Well, the first school experience I had in observing a teacher was when I was in kindergarten. I can remember every single detail of that classroom from the smell of my orange plastic book bag to the way that the boxes of Kleenex were stacked on a shelf. I don't remember my classmates' names or remember any actual learning, but I remember watching that teacher and thinking she was amazing. And I knew right then and there that this was what I wanted to be when I grew up. Just because watching her and watching what she did and how she interacted with children made me reflect on the kind of teacher I wanted to be. The next time I remember observing a teacher was in third grade and I had a completely different experience. I had a teacher who had a very negative tone in her voice all the time and pretty much just walked around with a scowl. I didn't care for her, and I remember her belittling me in front of the whole class for not being able to memorize my multiplication fact. Of course, I ended up learning them just to spite her, I think, but I can remember thinking that when I am a teacher, I will never make a child feel the way she just made me feel. That's the power of observation. You get to choose the bits and pieces you either like or dislike about the way another person teaches and internalize them to make yourself a more effective educator. As an adjunct college professor, I currently get to facilitate the process of sending students into classrooms to observe, and I tell them that you can learn just as much from a bad teacher as you can a good teacher. You can see who you want to emulate and who you don't want to become. And observation doesn't have to just be in person. You can watch videos of both effective and ineffective teaching that can help you grow. And the fifth one is mindful processing. This is the one that I do every single day. I commute to and from work, which gives me almost a full hour in the car by myself to think. And I've become very good at intentionally trying to figure out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling and then reflecting on what I can do better next time. It might be that I had a student with extreme behaviors who had a meltdown 
and I'm proud of the way I de-escalated the situation. Or it might be that I was teaching a skill that my fourth graders aren't grasping, and I think through to find a different way to approach it tomorrow. Or it could be that a paraprofessional was absent, and the schedule change caused total and utter chaos within the department, and I need to find a different solution for when that para is gone. Whatever it is, think it through. Make a mental plan for next time and recognize the fact that by doing this, you are growing professionally to become the best version of yourself that you can be. Most teachers are aware of the benefits of reflective teaching, but with our busy lives, it's easy for us to become set in our ways by sticking to a known and trusted routine. Whatever you choose, I just want you to pick two or three things and stick with them. Make them a systemic part of how you do business as an educator. Be courageous to accept that you don't know everything. I promise that if you engage in some type of reflective practice, if you think about, analyze, and evaluate your professional practices, you will improve as a teacher, and even more importantly, your students will benefit as well. Students benefit not only from the changes you make after reflecting on your teaching, but also from seeing you model reflective practices. Let them know your reflection practices and how by analyzing and modifying, you are actually improving knowledge acquisition while developing an improved level of understanding of the lessons and topics. In the case of a less than inspiring lesson, students can provide productive feedback for teachers. Students are much more likely to understand difficult topics if they are active in their own learning process. By providing such important feedback, they feel that they have a say in how they are learning. In addition, reflective teaching can improve their skills in problem solving and challenges. Most students face many different challenges in their attempts to learn new concepts, lessons, subjects, and more. Using reflection will improve their problem solving abilities and stimulate their cognitive thinking and analytical skills. Student performance can be improved by using reflective learning practices. Since individual students can reflect on class sessions, they will identify and address their weaknesses to improve their overall performance in a topic. And since I opened with a quote, I'm going to end with one as well. Implementing extreme ownership requires checking your ego and operating with a high degree of humility. Admitting mistakes, taking ownership, and developing a plan to overcome challenges are integral to any successful team. Jocko Willink. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell just by listening to the show that you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you, and I'm so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you're enjoying the show and want to share it with your friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a review. They give an instant boost to my ego and help others find the podcast as well. And I'd love it if you'd join us in the private SPED Prep Academy Facebook community. We're just getting started, but it is a safe space where special educators and related service providers can talk shop. If you liked what you heard today and realized you found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and to sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.